Brandon, please. <laughs> please. God, he in the chat talking about he loved his music. He just playing stuff. Please. I was trying to create an amazing vibe for us all. Come on in and sit on the floor and light your candles with me. And let's go on this beautiful ride together. <laughs> How's everyone feeling this beautiful Thursday, this Friday Eve? It's almost the weekend. Good. I'm straight. I didn't have to go to work today, so I'm real good. Hello? <laughs> hello, hello, <laughs> Tiffany. How are you? Yes. Oh. <laughs> all right, all right, cool. <laughs> Great. So, so excited that all of you have decided to join us today for this special spaces, the committee featuring the one and only Tiffany Mitchell. T-Wade is what a lot of us know her as. Um, but, you know, before we give Tiffany the floor, I want to just run through a brief introduction of her. OK, everybody ready? All right. Get ready. So here we go. <clears throat> Tiffany Mitchell. Of the Connecticut Sun, from Charlotte, North Carolina, drafted in the Lord of our Savior Jesus Christ 2016, ninth overall to the Indiana Fever. She holds career averages of 9.2 points a game, 2.5 rebounds, and 1.9 assists per game. And she's a member of the WNBA All-Rookie Team. She's the second leading scorer in franchise history for the Indiana Fever behind Tamika Ketchens, one of the most decorated careers in South Carolina women's basketball history. She's a three-time All-American. She's a two-time SEC Player of the Year, only the second sophomore in league history to win that award after Candace Parker. You know, she's just been in the, in the, 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 the she's surrounded by goats. Everything that she's done has always been a goat around. You feel me? She's three-time SEC first team. She led the program to its first of many Final Four appearances back in 2015. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Tiffany T. Wade Mitchell. How are you today, Tiffany? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for having me. <laughs> for sure, for sure, for sure. Um, you know, we, we appreciate you. Of course, we've always been a fan of your play on the court. We love who you are as as basically one of the OGs um, of the WNBA now, as well mm -hmm. as the South Carolina fan base and that program there. Um, so just, I guess, to go ahead and, and, and get right on into it, like, what has this offseason been like for you? Um, let's see. Well, it started with me ending in many and having to move from Minnesota back to Charlotte um, and then moving from Charlotte to Dallas. So um, I moved completely from my hometown, um, just picked up and started somewhere fresh and new, um, which is in Dallas. So basically um, just moving to a new place. But within that time, I decided to go overseas as well. Um, so I went to Turkey for about a month, um, a little bit in October through November. And then after our little break, I decided not to go back. Um, I felt like it would probably be best for me to kind of just take some time to myself. Um, this is my, my first off season not going overseas. So, I mean, I'm at that point in my career, in my life, where, you know, I needed a little bit more stability. 
um, than what Turkey was giving me um, mentally and physically. So yeah, I just took some time to myself, um, get my house together here in Dallas. But again, can't leave it alone for too long. So I went back and played <laughs> um, in a tournament um, in Egypt. I felt like that was just kind of, you know, checking off bucket list things, um, but also still get the opportunity to, to play basketball. So I went and played in a tournament for about three weeks um, and then came home um, in December, celebrated Christmas with my family, first time in like eight years, um, and then moved completely all the way to Dallas in January. Wow. So, so since you're there in Dallas, that's a perfect opportunity for us to go and talk about Athletes Unlimited. So mm -hmm. this season, the third season of AU Hoops, um, you'll be there uh, joining a lot of other phenomenal players. Um, so I guess what went into that decision of you to participate in AU and being able to uh, being able to have that opportunity to kind of play um, professional basketball domestically outside of the WNBA? Yeah, uh, I mean, like I said, I needed some type of stability. I think I'm at the point where, you know, playing whole seasons overseas probably just won't happen for me anymore. Um, I just physically just don't want to do it. Um, I want to actually spend time um, in America and actually train and get better um, and work out. Um, I don't really have that opportunity to do that with playing in a different country. So, um, you know, AU was a very easy choice, of course, just because it is in Dallas. So it's, it's down the street, literally from where I live. And I mean, it gets me, you know, some playing, playing time before going into training camp. Um, playing against other people instead of just working out all the time. So I just felt like it was a good opportunity for me to kind of, you know, still train and do what I want, but also um, play competitive basketball. Okay. And I have a few questions from our awesome committee here on stage with me. Um, everyone's going to take a few time, just, you know, throw a few at you. First up, we're going to get with Lo. Wait, hold on. I'm tying up my hair. Somebody go. I'll be right back. I'm on, player. I got you. Um, hey, Tiff, um, talk about your decision um, to sign with, um, we know him as Greg, but Gregory Jones for marketing um, and what you and why you thought that decision was necessary for your career at this point. Yeah, you know, as you get older, you know, your, your playing days are not as far ahead as you probably want them to be. Um, so I feel like I'm at the point, like, I don't feel my, like I'm going to be playing for 10, 15 more years. So, um, you know, you have to start paying attention to other things um, outside of basketball that you think you're, that are important. Um, so just basically building my brand um, outside of what I do on the court. I feel like Greg was a good um, tool to help me and, and put me in the right places with the right people um, in the right circles to kind of, you know, brand myself outside of just what I do on the court. That's awesome. Greg, can you kind of talk about um, what you were looking for um, in reaching out to Tiff? Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously her um, playing resume speaks for herself. So I've been watching her for years and just being able to see, you know, the players she's been in a W. She's just like one of my type of players. Like I only, I only want dogs. Like if you're not a dog, I, I can't rock with you because at the end of the day, like we in the trenches looking to the left and looking to the right. I need to make sure that you understand what's going on and also that you're willing to bet on yourself. So that was something I picked up on that. And um, I think I kind of reassured that it might have been last year in the, in the, the game in Toronto when her and Dana were kind of going at it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, she wanted them. That's definitely my type of person. So, I mean, the opportunity came up. 
he had recently to, um, you know, just reach out, try to figure out what was going on. And I mean, I think now we've kind of been rolling for a couple of weeks and we got some things that's, that's, that's moving. Um, I think, you know, once some stuff are, the inks kind of dry on a few different deals, I think people will kind of be taken aback and excited by what she, what she has coming up in the future. Not y'all already got movement. What the <laughs> Making moves, making moves. <laughs> All right, that's what's up. All right, y'all ready now. <laughs> Go ahead, Lo. <laughs> All right, so it's two questions, but I'm going to jump to this one and I'm going to kind of take it back. All right, so kind of talk about being like a WNBA journeyman. Like you're going from Indiana, Minnesota, and now you're with Connecticut and just that longevity. How are you able to like make that shape? Because a lot of the girls, we don't talk about longevity, but you're really making it happen. So just just kind of tell us about that. How are you able to like make that work for you? Woo, that's a good question. How are um, I'm gonna start off by saying it's not easy. Um, clearly our league is one of the hardest to get in and stay in. So, um, I'm very fortunate to be, you know, coming into my ninth year. Um, wow. and I know it's crazy to even say, I really feel like I just graduated college, <laughs> yeah, but, um, I think, you know, I just approached every year just trying to bring something different. You know, you you have to do things to set yourself apart, you know, once you reach this level. Mm-hmm. And every team is different. Um, even with being an indie for seven years, I felt like I was utilized and had to do something different every single year. Like, I was a different type of player um, just based on who was on the team and what that team needed from me. So I think a lot of people, the casual WNBA fan, um, you know, they just Google stats and, you know, try to – they can do that for me. They can do that for – you know, anybody who doesn't play substantial amount of minutes or is not a superstar um, and, you know, question, you know, why they're still in the league. Um, but I think if you actually do watch basketball and, and understand the game, you realize like there's different things that each player brings to that team that even makes that team go. So I feel like, you know, I put myself in the position where they had to put me on the team. There was there was nobody else doing what I was doing or bringing to the team what I knew I brought to that team. So, you know, I carried myself that way. You know, I'm a pro's pro. You know, I come in, I work hard, first one in the gym. I've always been that way, you know, my entire life, though. So um, it was nothing different that I was doing. I just made it known and seen for the coaches to know, like, we, you know, we got to keep Tiffany on the team. Period. And with that, let me ask you, like, your relationship with Darius uh, Taylor being traded to Connecticut, how did that, you know, did that did that mean something to you or just like, uh, what's um, what's <laughs> y'all want the tea? Yeah, I want the tea. <laughs> Hold on, let me go get my mug. Hold on right here. Wait, y'all want just the answer to TT? We want the TT. We want it unfiltered, raw, with no silver, no cream. Like I said, it ain't easy. Uh, the W is not the most um, job with stability. <laughs> yeah. You don't really know where you're going to be unless you sign, you know, multi-year contracts. But, you know, even with doing that, you still might not know where you be. <laughs> and, I mean, that's kind of the position that I was put in. Um, a little blindsided from the trade. Um, mm. But... Um, again, a fortunate to even still be in the league um, and around people that, you know, want me there. You know, a lot of that, that's what, as a player, you want. 
Um, and knowing that I've been around Coach Taylor since I was in college, I played for Stephanie White already my first year in, mm-hmm. in Indy. Um, Brianna's the assistant coach. I played with her Ooh, as a yeah. teammate. So, you know, I'm going – I played with Dewana overseas. I played with Olivia overseas, Ty from South Carolina. So I'm going from going to a place that is familiar with me and my game and know what I do best. So um, even though I, you know, was excited to go back to Minnesota um, next year because I felt like, you know, I was put in a position last year that, again, was kind of not – something I expected. Um, I did not go into Minnesota thinking that I would be the starting point guard. Right. <laughs> um, but, you know, you make it work. And I think, again, that's kind of how you stay in this league. You make it work. You take you take on, you know, whatever is thrown at you and try to do it the best of your ability. And without, you know, drama. I, you know, I'm very much drama-free. I just get in, get out, do my job. So um, I do feel like last year I kind of was put in a position to just do what the team needed me to do mm-hmm. um, to be successful. And that was kind of taken away from what I do. Um, and I think, you know, having the opportunity to go to Connecticut and put me back somewhere that I'm a little more comfortable and playing in my position. Mm-hmm. I'm completely thankful that, you know, Darius saw that and wanted me there. We love that guy. <laughs> see, <I> see. <laughs> yeah, don't don't see. I do. I do have a follow up question on that. Hey Tiff, um, hey. like I've watched you for a long time uh, since you've been at South Carolina. Huge fan, and to me, you've been like one of the best two guards that I've seen because you do everything on both sides of the ball. Mm-hmm. In the last uh, several years in the W, um, no no fault of your own, but because of management managing of teams and stuff like that they kind of put you in a position where you're playing something that you kind of just had to play to help the team Mm -hmm. like you said so what's the mindset like when you're like preparing for you know to be this two guard that they brought you in to be and then it's like boom actually because we mismanaged our roster um, or because we did something (laughs) that uh, injury happened we need you to do this and this might, you know, make your stats look a little bit lower, but you're doing what you need to do to help the team. Yeah, um, I would say it's hard. You know, it's hard to prepare, um, you know, just not knowing. I, I mean, I, I can be honest, like 80% of last season, I was very uncomfortable playing. And I don't know if it looked like it. It probably was some games that looked like it. And it was games that looked like I was the perfect fit there. But I can tell you truthfully, about 80% of the time, I was super uncomfortable because I just really did not know what to do. <laughs> um, but at the same time, I'm a professional. Um, I know how to carry myself. You know, the, the ball is the same. The rim is the same. The plays, the people, it's all the same. So it's like either I figure it out or, you know, I'm left behind. So, you know, I had to just, you know, put put my big girl panties on and and figure it out. And like I said, it was there was ups and downs. Um, there were some games I did really well, and there were some games that looked like and felt like I ain't never played basketball before. But, um, I mean, that's all a part of it. And um, that's just kind of how you have to approach it. You know, I, I take, you know, a lot of pride into just how, you know, I prepare for basketball and how I prepare for games, how I take care of my body. But mentally, it's very hard, you know, going into situations one game playing 30 minutes, the next game you might play 10. You might play five, and then you might play 35. So it's like if you're not a professional and you don't have a certain mindset and certain type of toughness about you, 
you will be left behind. And I'm just putting myself in the position to not have to go through that. No, see, I might shut up. Should have not have known that, honey. So I'm going to bring up this part when you bitch and, um, you know, this was the first off season for you when you really getting a chance to, you know, celebrate Christmas, celebrate those, those special moments with your family. And then obviously, um, free agency, um, while you Mm -hmm. weren't necessarily a free agent this year, you were a part of, you know, a, a transaction. And, you know, obviously that you just mentioned stated headed to another team. So what does free agency look like from the player's perspective? Because, Fans, you get to see once you get to see really one side. You see mm-hmm. once the announcement comes out, um, you see people scrambling for information. You see emoji gates and all those things and the side eyes and all that stuff. Yeah, but we really don't know what goes on behind the scenes. So you being in it, having gone through it um, several times, because I remember a few years ago I broke news that you know there was there was opportunity for you to potentially go to another go to team. Atlanta. Yeah, go to yeah. Atlanta, you know, be closer <laughs> to the fans, but then of course Indiana, I know. <laughs> Indiana matched that deal. Indiana says, psych. Right, right. They said, bring it on back. So what does that look like from your point of view? Um, so I mean that was the first time that I experienced free agency was with Indy. Um but all three um times that I've been a part of a transaction were three completely type of transactions so with Indy my first one I was a restricted free agent which means you know I can shop around for teams um if a team wants me they offer me a contract and if the the team that I'm currently on um doesn't match it then I'm out then I can go so you're kind of still in the hands of your current team if they really want to keep you um if not then you're free to go so for me (laughs) I feel like after my rookie contract was up, you know, maybe it's time to go somewhere else. It's very like I was in such a weird, I don't know the word, but like uncommon position to be on a team for so long and not be, you know, their franchise player. Um, So I felt like, you know, after my rookie year or my rookie contract was up, like, you know, let me get closer to my family, um, you know, stuff like that. Again, it was around people that I knew. Um, it was more money. So, of course, I'm trying to leave. Um, but at the same time, the contract that you, you get from that other team, um, your current team has to match it. So now, at this point, the money really wasn't an issue because I knew wherever I was going, I was going to get more money. Even if in, But at the same time, I also knew Indy didn't want to give me that money to begin with. <laughs> so... Ooh. That's why I wanted to leave. <laughs> There's other reasons that went into it. It wasn't just all financial. Um, but, you know, that played a part when it's like, you know, you feel like you're worth something. And what I've given to that organization, um, I felt going into a new contract, um, I deserved more than what they probably thought. But I'm like, well, I was put in certain positions for this organization. So <laughs> Ooh, sure. there's, there's that. But then I go into, um, so I'm back in Indy for three more years after my rookie contract is up, which that contract was for Atlanta. It wasn't for Indy. So it just, they matched it. Um, Now I go into free agency after my seventh year in um, Indiana, and now I'm unrestricted. So now, you know, I get to shop around, um, get whatever contract I want, and Indiana has no say-so anymore, so I can just literally go wherever I want. Um, and that's when, you know, at that point in my career, I wanted something that was a little more put together organization wise, um, that took care of their players the right way. And I felt like Minnesota did that as far as, 
you know, what was offered to us with, you know, how we traveled, the, the chefs, um, you know, our housing, a lot of that goes into play as you get older, because, you know, you're just older, like you just need certain things when you're older and you need to take care of your body. Um, and I feel like Minnesota was the best, you know, option for that, um, going into being unrestricted. And then you get to, you know, what happened a couple of weeks ago, um, you, you're just traded that part. I really have no control over. Um, I know some people do. Um, if you want out of a situation, you can, you know, have that conversation with your head coach or the GM um, and tell them, you know, to shop you around. But uh, me personally, that was not a conversation. And I 100 percent thought I was going back to Minnesota this this season. Interesting. OK. And, <laughs> and so. I mm. guess. I'm trying to think. Were were there any lost for words, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I got a couple, but I'm trying to be lost for words. Me too. So what was, going back to that time, I think well that that would have been around 2019 ish or so with the Atlanta deal or 2020. That was yeah, 2019, 2020. Okay, so what was it that at that time attracted you to Atlanta? Um, I'm trying to think back. I think at the time, Nikki was the coach. Mm-hmm. Was she the coach? Yeah. Um, and I think Darius was there. Was he there? Yeah, he was. Yeah. He was. Yeah. So Darius was there too. So again, it's just the familiarity of people um, that know who I am. Like I'm a big relationship person. Um, and I like to feel comfortable because that makes, you know, playing basketball a lot easier for me. I'm not having to think about, you know, is she okay today? Uh, can I say this to her? Like it's, it's just a lot that I don't have to, you know, worry about. Um, in those type of situations when I'm around people who know me and know how I carry myself, how I communicate, how to communicate with me, whether they happy, they mad, they sad, like all of that's important, um, especially in a league full of women, um, how you speak to somebody. Um, so I felt like Atlanta was just a better opportunity to make me feel more comfortable playing wise. Um, and also just to be closer to my family. Cause that, I mean, that's important to me too. Reason why, you know, from Charlotte and went to South Carolina, it's only an hour and a half drive. And from Charlotte to Atlanta was only three hours. So, you know, I wanted to be closer to my family, knowing that, you know, I went overseas once seasons were over. So I never had time really with my family once I, you know, became a professional. So, you know, it if they just checked all my boxes, um, playing style, the coaches, the management, I'm closer to home and I got more money. Like, why wouldn't I want to leave? <laughs> okay. Go ahead, Lo. <laughs> it's my turn again. <laughs> um, oh so i want to hear about a little bit a little bit about your off-season training and like your interest in fitness because you have always been ripped and been into working out and stuff like since forever so talk to us a little bit about that yeah so a little bit over a year ago um i got certified to be a personal trainer so basically had to go back to school and pass this big exam um, to get my certification to train other people. Um, so I did that knowing that I was coming to an end with my overseas journey. Um, I wanted, like I said, I wanted an off season, um, after this year, which is why I bought a house, you know, found what I'm also passionate outside of basketball. And I always brought myself back to fitness. So, I mean, it's like second nature to me. So I figured why not, um, you know, give that information and help other people that are struggling um, you know, to lose weight, to gain weight, to build muscle. Um, I just always knew how to do it. So I turned it into um, a career. So I also have my own business now as a personal trainer and online fitness coach. And I make customized meal plans and workouts for people. Um, 
and yeah, so I mean, that's pretty much all I have for the the fitness. Like I said, it's just always kind of been a part of my life and just something that I'm super passionate about over the course of my career. I felt like, you know, being in the weight room is kind of where I could release whatever I was going through, through basketball, through life. Um, it made me feel good about myself mentally. It helped me, you know, as a release as well. So you know, it only made sense to turn into a career as well. All right. One of y'all got to volunteer to go through the Tiffany Mitchell workout plan. <laughs> Yeah, oh, okay. y'all. Are there like are there like modifications for some of those things? Because I I've been keeping it Absolutely. on Instagram and I'd be like, Lord Jesus. Uh-uh. Listen, listen. I know some people be telling me that, like I'd be scaring them away based on what I'm doing, but I don't program your program based off of me. They're like I said, it's very it's customized to you. So you fill out a questionnaire with everything where you're at, um, your beginner, intermediate, advanced, whatever, former athlete, any type of restrictions, any injuries, I'm able to know all of that. Um, and then I program it based off of what you want and your goals and literally only for you. What before <laughs> beginner? Y'all beginner, I got you. No, so no excuses. You're going to do so some Lord. lunges. We need to do a we need to do a committee challenge. I'm gonna beat y'all asses, by the way. Oh, so. that's a good idea. You we can do burpees. Go. I can do everything. Y'all gotta log into it. It's an app. I got an app. I gotta log in. So I can oh, see what y'all doing. Tell them oh, it's, it's up. I, I, it's up. I got it's up. I'm, I'm, ready. I'm gonna make sure I win. You might be six foot seven low, but I'm gonna tell you. And that's where the actual low might go crazy on y'all. I ain't gonna lie. Thank you, sis. and tell them I'm not six seven, Tiffany. I don't know why they think that. <laughs> so, well, you you mentioned about um, off season. You mentioned, you know, obviously you've been there several years, um, and and deciding to take a break, but. You didn't just have regular off seasons. Like you were actually putting up buckets overseas. <laughs> like so, what were some of your proudest moments overseas? And just I guess tell us a little bit about your success. I mean, because everywhere you went, you were you were a winner. And I know we spoke previously. Mm-hmm. Like in the W, you did what you had to do to keep your job. But over there, you mm-hmm. got to fall out and be Tiffany. Yeah. So like, what was that like? Yeah, I mean, overseas, I'm just you know they they are paying you and bringing you over to another country to be you, you know, not to form, to conform to a team and the people around them. So I'm kind of, you know, the, the, the leash is loose now once I go overseas and I can just be Tiffany Mitchell, the Tiffany that everybody know and seen, um, you know, my whole career. So, I mean, some of my proudest moments, I would say, honestly, just the first one is making it through Russia a whole season, my rookie year um, for eight months. <laughs> I feel like once I completed that, um, I feel like I could do anything in the world because that probably was one of the darkest times um, of my career playing basketball. But it also taught me a lot about who I was and what I was able to handle. Um, and it just, it's, it's going to make or break it. You know, overseas is not for everybody. And, you know, clearly this new generation, they don't get it. <laughs> they feel like they don't got to go overseas. But I feel like, you know, regardless of who you are, just having a taste of somewhere, being in a different country and having to adapt to new people, new experiences, and still having to hoop and be you, that is very hard to do. So, like I said, it's just not it's not for everybody. But, you know, your teammates, your countries um, that you go to play, play a part in all of that. And I feel like I've been to some pretty good countries outside of Russia um, that just made me feel comfortable um I just liked being there so it didn't make it that hard the basketball part because I enjoyed where I was at and I enjoyed the people that was around me um I feel like my the place that I liked the most was probably Israel oh yeah you was having time mm-hmm. 
<laughs> Not too much. <laughs> nah, Israel is fun. I mean, you can ask anybody in the W that has played in Israel. It's it's like a little party. I ain't gonna lie. If you don't, if you're not, you know, self motivated, you can get lost in, in very easily. Uh, just because you know it is summer, you're on a beach, you hanging out. It's a lot of Americans there, so you're literally just. It's like a new world, honestly. Um, and you can just do what you, you can do what you want. You in a whole nother country. So, um, my first year there actually, which is crazy, um, because I ended up leaving Turkey. I guess I just got to keep, don't go back to Turkey because I always leave. So, um, <laughs> this was, um, so Alicia Gray, she actually was playing for the team in Israel while I was playing in Turkey and she ended up, I was about to leave Turkey because they just do too much and they don't be trying to pay. And I, I'm just not going to be in a different country for free. So, um, I was, I was end up leaving, I was speaking to Leash and she told me, uh, she's about to go home as well. So, I mean, I think, you know, she's kind of homesick and just wanted to, you know, get back, get back home, be around her family. So they needed another, another guard. So of course she hit me up when she knew that I was about to leave Turkey and was like, do you just want to come to Israel? So I'm like, cool, you know, I'm already overseas. So literally left Turkey, found that information out and came to Israel in two days and ended up and was playing, you know, the next day. Had no idea, nobody on the team. Ooh. I just came, showed up, <laughs> and started playing. And, you know, long story short, we ended up winning the championship that year. So it's just, again, I'm putting different situations, and I just make them work. And I feel like, you know, that was – I felt good to be a part of, knowing that, you know, I didn't spend the whole season there and had that much comfortability with the people that was on that team and made me feel comfortable enough to, to win a championship. So, you know, of course, I went back the following year. Um, and I think COVID happened. I think, I don't know, something like that. And why we didn't finish the season. So I would say those are kind of like my, my biggest moments is just winning championships. Um, you know, I won one in Australia as well with LA. Um, you know, that season started off rough too with, um, you know, that situation with my hair and them saying I can't play with braids in yeah. my head. So but at anyway, that point, I'm like, oh no, I don't got time for yeah, this. Yeah, that was a, I Wait, give us a refresh. I vaguely remember. Um, so basically when I first got to Australia, I was coming off of a surgery. It was just meniscus. Like, so I was still, I didn't play in any preseason games. I was ready to play, but they didn't want me to play, of course, like until the actual season started. So I sat out the first two little preseason games. And then, um, I think I, I think I played in the first game. Um, and then, uh, I forgot like the, what's it called? Basketball Australia um, sent like an email out to all the teams and basically was saying like the people that have braids in their hair won't be able to play in any more games unless they change their hair or tie it up or something like that. <laughs> Mind you, Ezzy is from Australia. There has been plenty of other people in this league with braids in their head outside of me. So I'm like, I'm not the first person y'all saw with braids in y'all head. So I feel like somebody complained i have no idea why they felt the need to tell me i can't play unless i change my hair um and that's kind of how that went so of course i'm like this is very obviously racist like <laughs> there's no other way around this because the fact that you are con like even using the word the people like the the black people because we're the only people in this league with braids in our head but they're saying, well, it can be a danger to people. I'm like, I played in every level of basketball. I played with USA Basketball with braids in my hair. So they tried to say, like, it's a FIBA rule. And I'm like, that's a lie as well. So basically, they got caught in a lie. That's a lie. Yeah. They had to retract everything that they said. 
um, apologize. They had now they had to go to like um, counseling on how to not DEI <laughs> training. Yeah, training on how to, the culture of, of basketball Australia just wasn't up to par. Um, and they try to say that it was a you know rule that was put in place, um, and it ended up not being a rule. So that's kind of how that went. So I was going to leave Australia because <laughs> I'm like, again, I'm not about to feel like I'm targeted while I'm playing. Because I'm like, it's, it's a clear target to me. Because I'm like, Ezzy, she's on my team as well, but y'all saying me. So it was it was a, it was a lot um and i really do appreciate you know my teammates and the coaches who understood and didn't think like i was acting crazy or like t- blowing it out of proportion they were even they're more taken back than me they was like we've never heard this at all on and why they're even saying this so they're pretty upset and i just appreciate you know kind of handle how the boomers kind of handled that entire situation um we end up you know kneeling for the anthem which has never been done in australia to just bring awareness <laughs> To like, you know, injustice and racism happens literally everywhere, not just in America. Um, and it's like, we're just not standing for it. Like, they're like, we're not a team, an organization that will have our players feeling, you know, like they don't want to be here. So I just appreciate kind of how they handled that. Um, and then at the end of the season, we won the championship. So, you know, it was worth it. I had a good people around me and we made it work. <laughs> now, who had the best food? <laughs> hmm. <laughs> Israel and Turkey. Okay. Yeah. Is is non good? Like I've seen people say that. Is that is that good? Is, bread, is what? The non bread non non. <laughs> we gonna pass. <laughs> Wait, what no. country is it in? It's Israel, right? It's it's like an I N A A N. I don't think there's. You know, I eat chicken fingers. I think that's. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot, I don't know. Maybe it's the bread that they eat with the hummus. That's yeah, good. And that, that's that's what I'm talking about. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Well, in that case, it is good. <laughs> mm, okay, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> now we're going to go over a little bit to your um, back to your college days, and you know it's well documented. Um, Don's mentioned it several times. All the players um, and some of the other coaches, how you were one of like her first big gets, you know, especially keeping you kind of local, you know, with you being from the Carolinas. And so the impact that you were able to make on South Carolina basketball, we know the story about, you know, you actually being able to witness her playing for the mm-hmm. thing. You had her poster on your wall and things like that. And so what was that like playing for Dawn and some of your your personal favorite moments? Because we got some of our favorite moments we're going to share a little bit later. But what was some <laughs> of your personal favorite moments during your time at South Carolina? Um, I think just kind of like being in the flesh of seeing how the culture of women's basketball changed, um, and especially being someone that was at the games when there was barely people in the stands when I was in high school and like, you can choose where you want to sit. <laughs> yes. Yes. We know During them times. And then <laughs> now, like, and then you're in college and you're slowly starting to see the impact that you're having on that university by just playing basketball and what Don was doing and getting people there. Um, so then by the time I left, like you, you couldn't find a seat to sit, you know, when you go to a women's basketball game. So that's definitely just one of my, you know, proudest moments is just being able to be a part of that change um, and shift and, and women's basketball and the culture of women's basketball at South Carolina. Um, I think physically, um, of course, the Final Four, you know, getting to the Final Four, you couldn't tell us nothing <laughs> because nobody had us there 
And just our journey to get there was just so unorthodox and like surprising honestly like there was a couple games we just had to be saved by the lord by y'all had us stressed the hell out in greensboro (laughs) stressed out had me stressed i'm like dang like being a part of that like oh my gosh like i wanted to throw up during the game (laughs) it was stressing me out but then like seeing um and being and feeling that that moment and making it to the final four uh, for the first time in school history that a lot of that just is is amazing to to be a part of and go through and like you know walk around campus and like everybody know your name now everybody in Columbia know your name like you're now like a, a mini celebrity honestly at this point um you know after how we've just changed you know the culture of South Carolina basketball so though that was probably my my proudest moment um just kind of leading them to that that spot in time and now it's like you know a norm for them so they're probably not, it's probably not a big deal to them as it was to us because we weren't even supposed to be in that position with the, if you look at our team on paper versus the teams we we're going against and the names that they had on their roster versus us, we're not supposed to be there. So that makes it even more, you know, feel a lot better. Um, and I'm, I'm sure, I mean, of course we wanted to, to win a national championship when I was there. Um, but I think, you know, what we did for that program ultimately feels like, you know, all the championships that they have won now, um, I still feel a part of that. Okay, so we mentioned we had our moment. So this up here on the Summer Jam screen, I'm not sure if it's refreshed for you just yet, but this good old shimmy that you hit against Kentucky, like <laughs> you were feeling the spirit of something <laughs> up here. Wait, let me watch. <laughs> so like what what went through your, like were you feeling like, you know, hey, we got this, like we about to show, we here. Like what went through your mind after you knocked down that three and, you know, hit your little dance on the corner? <laughs> and if everybody if you all are in here just uh refresh your screen uh, and it'll show up at the top that's funny um i think at that point because i look at the score like now you know we whooping they ass like <laughs> we are like i'm like it was. <laughs> that's how i was feeling because i remember i, I oh i remember it's like it was yesterday um, the interview Michaela Epps did, um, mm-hmm. and she said, "I remember like, this too." <laughs> yeah, say something like, "You know, it's hard to beat a team three mm-hmm. times." I'm, I'm yep. sure, like they're not gonna win, basically. So at this moment, I'm I'm pretty a calm person on the court. Like I don't do too much rah rah yelling at you, all of that. Um, but I guess, oh shit, I don't know. I think I just wanted to be like, "Look, cause stop playing with us." <laughs> That's kind of what I was feeling. <laughs> See, now, and I'm, I'm, that's pretty interesting that you mentioned. You know, you all don't do the the rah rah, a lot of the talking, and that's been something with Don's teams over the past few years, especially especially since your era up to now. Like a lot of it is handled on the court. Mm-hmm. Don't do the mocking as much. Obviously, you know y'all handle business, and you, you're gonna take care and defend yours. But we've seen people. Like Zaya mentioned it. We've seen Aaliyah mention it. We've seen, you know, back to Ty and Kiki in Asia. It's like, we don't handle business on the court. We don't have to talk trash because when we leave this court, you're never going to doubt us again. And so what has that been like? Or is that a part of something that's drilled into you all from Coach Staley and her staff? Like, handle it out there and not on social media or not in these interviews? Yeah, I mean, I think that's just the type of, I think Coach Staley strategically recruits certain type of players um and, and families artists. and families right so she looks at that as well it's like all right like if this person came from you know who knows like you who knows what they're gonna get when they get to college but you know 
that whole recruiting process is not only just us, it's also, you know, my mom played a big part in committing me, which is crazy as well, because I'm like, you know, at the time, South Carolina wasn't that great of a team. And I was still kind of hesitant on making that ultimate decision to commit to South Carolina. And, you know, just speaking to my mom and my, my mom having a relationship with Coach Daly, like all of that meant a lot to me. So I think, um, you know, Coach Daly just recruits a, a certain type of demeanor of a player and how they carry themselves on and off the court. She can see all that when you're in high school. So, and, and basically, I think once you get there, you know, she kind of molds you into another type of player and, and what she expects out of you. So as a team, we take on the demeanor as of our coach. Uh, I know in the beginning, everybody had Coach Daly as just yelling at us, screaming, cussing, all of this. Um, and that's the type of player she had, which is hard-nosed players who weren't really skilled, stuff like that. But I think over time, you know, that's just not – she became a, a teacher, um, which she had to, and she had to learn, you know, the players on her team and how to, to get get to them and, um, you know, get the most out of them. So she does a great job of just kind of figuring out how to communicate with each different person that has different personalities. And But at the same time, we all ultimately want the same thing is to be a professional, be successful, whether that's in basketball or something else, um, just kind of how we're supposed to carry ourselves as women. Okay. All right. And uh, speaking about carrying yourself as women, going forward over the next few weeks, months, um, and and what Dawn has been able to do at that program, she has a few people who, a few players who are projected, if they decide to enter the draft, um, as um, top draft picks, uh, Camilla being one of them. So what's one thing you wish you knew going into the draft back in 2016? that you like to share with her and other prospects like Pow Pow, like injuries, those Caitlin Clarks, Page Records, et cetera. You know, we, we, because we know your fit was already fit and you, you stepped up there with the black dress and the red bottoms <laughs> on. So you was looking Period. good, but everything else outside of that, what is something that you'd like to share with them about the draft in, to, in order to get prepared? Um, I think when you're in college is just to try to tune out all of the draft talk um, because then you start to think about it every game and for me my senior year um, was very hard because I was coming off of an injury um, that summer I had broke my foot with USA basketball so my senior year wasn't as good as the previous two years that I had solely because I just wasn't healthy um, so I'm you have to tune out I was projected anywhere from a number four pick all the way to the second round in some draft boards. So it's like you try hard to not listen to where you're going. Um, and I would just, you know, tell them to lean on that and just pay attention to the season, the, the people that you're around, your teammates, because you're never going to have that opportunity again to play with the same exact team in this same exact moment. So I'll kind of just tell them, like, enjoy the moment, enjoy college. Because um, I definitely did at that point. Like, once you get older and this point in, in your life and, and playing professionally, um, you look back on them college days and uh, – it would hate to like sit there and be like, damn, like I wish I would have, you know, hung out with her more. Or I wish I would have, you know, listened to this person. Um, just enjoy that moment, you know, be where your feet are and, uh, you know, try to do as best as you can. She said she ain't had a good senior year. She finished as the SEC tournament MVP. <laughs> I don't think I did. <laughs> it didn't feel good. My, my senior was very inconsistent from my own standards. I, I hold myself to a very high standard. And coming off the previous two years that I had into my senior season, I just feel like it wasn't as good. <laughs> okay, okay. So we got Yana and 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 Angel. I mean, Yana and and Lo, um, 
some fun questions about the next generation. So we're going to let them uh, hit you with those right quick. Okay. Ooh, so we're going to talk about the new blood real quick. The, Jew, the Jujus, the Caitlyns, the Pages, the Brinks, the Angels, the Lays, the Madison Bookers, the all of them girls because the freshmen are doing their thing this season. Do you think any of the upcoming stars have a little bit of game in your um, in their bag, like a little bit of your game? Do you see some of these players and like, ooh, that remind me of me? And, and do you see any of yourself in any current Gamecocks? Oh, true. I have to think. Mm. That remind me? I don't know. I feel like this generation is just different. They just got a lot of stuff in their bag. I feel like when I was a freshman, I did not have. So <laughs> I was just trying to get it done, make layups, shoot threes. And <laughs> but you were the worker, though. You work hard. You ain't yeah, hard. I worked hard. Again, I was, I was just trying to make the team better. Whatever I need to do, I did it. <laughs> And now I feel like every game there's some type of can be on ESPN with one of these, you know, freshmen or just um, players in the in college basketball right now. I think mean, I think the game is just evolving. Like women's basketball is just evolving. So it's like I don't even see any of myself. I feel like they're way ahead of where I was um, when I was in college or when I was, you know, a freshman, sophomore in college. Their game. Um, it's just at a different level mm-hmm. than I feel like it's been in the past and, you know, when we were in school. So, shoot. Nah, I don't see nothing. They they got me. <laughs> well. <laughs> they all killing, though. I ain't gonna lie. It's, I love watching them. I love watching, yeah, they cool, you know, women do their thing. What's been your favorite game this season to watch? And it doesn't have to be a South Carolina game. Any game in general. What was your favorite one that had you? Like, yo, they killing it out there. Well, I'm biased, of course. So it had to be the South Carolina LSU game because so many people was talking junk to me when they was losing <laughs> most of the game. So I really had to quiet a whole bunch of people. I'm glad South Carolina came through and had me out here looking stupid and talking crazy to these people. Um, but that that game had me hype. I'm not going to lie. That's probably one of the top games that I watched um, this season. Okay. And, you know, since we're talking about tight games and, and, you know, close games, over your career, you've been one of the best free throw shooters in league history. And you're currently sitting in the top 10. So what has it been about your preparation that just makes you that good of a free throw shooter? Um, and we're not we talking about go. just last season. We're talking about in league history, you're in yeah. the top 10 of, of free throw shooters. Yeah, I think in one season in India, I made like 42 in a row. Yep, you did. You did. <laughs> yeah, so I think that um, that just goes back to kind of high school. I'm going to shout out my assistant coach in high school, Coach Russell. Um, literally since I was, you know, 13, 14 years old, um, they just told me and stressed how important free throws were. I mean, I think it's a lost art right now because everybody want to shoot the three. They, they're not really worried about the free throw. That's the last thing they're probably worried about. And to me... I'm like, this is the easiest points I'm going to score this whole game. So um, I think I learned, once I learned my ability to be able to get to the rim and knowing that came what came with that is people are probably going to foul me if they're not being able to stop me, um, that I have to knock down my free throws. Or I'm just leaving points on the board because at that point, you know, you're just out there, you're getting fouled, but you're getting nothing from it. So uh, for me, I just stress the importance of actually making free throws and making points while you know, the game has stopped. And, and when I was younger in high school, <laughs> my coach, he would like bet me different things like Smoothie King or something like that. Or like if you make 10 in a row, 
you don't have to do this and practice tomorrow, you know? So it's like, for me, I guess the incentive of things um, made me lock in a little more. And then I just carried over to, you know, when I got, when I got to college and then as a professional, I found how hard it was to score, you know, consistently every game just from field goals. Um, so once I had the opportunity to get to that free throw line, um, I knew I had to cash in. Okay, so now do you remember the one that you missed that would have made 43 in a row? And do you ever do you remember missing consecutive free throws in a row? <laughs> no, what's funny, I, I kinda do because um me and Eda, Erica Willis, she she live in Dallas too right now, and we train or lift and stuff together. So we literally were just talking about this. Um, because Pokey was the coach at the time and I think I missed the free throw and she was like screaming at me and then Christy, now that's the head coach of the the Fever, she was like, Pokey, like, that's the first one she missed all season. So it's like, it's so such a rare occasion when I miss free throws. Like, it, it kind of, I'll be shook. I'd be like, damn, I'll be looking at my hands. I'll be looking at the ball. Like, how did this, how did that even happen? But I think I kind of remember when I missed my 43rd. Um, I was kind of devastated. <laughs> Okay, and, and before we turn, we, we got a fun game coming up with Dolores. So, God, I just ask you this one thing since you brought her up, uh, Pokey. What is it like being able to – what was it like, excuse me, being able to play uh, for Pokey Chapman? Because we know what she's done as a player, you know, what she's mm -hmm. do as a coach. You know, she got to the finals um, back in the day with with uh, Chicago. And, then, you know, towards the, the shocking news, I would guess, um, at that season, you all really turned it around towards the end of the season, and then, unfortunately, they, they decided not to bring her back. But what was that experience like, being able to play for someone like Pokey Chat? <clears throat> um, I loved it, honestly. Um, I, I know people have their own opinions about Pokey and how she coached and however, or whichever way she coached different people. Um, but I, I had a great experience with Pokey. I had a great, you know, relationship with Pokey. Again, I'm going to keep reiterating how I am a relationship person. And, you know, I want to be able to come talk to my coach. I want my coach to be, you know, able to feel like they can talk to me, good or bad. Um, and I think over time, me and Pokey have learned each other. And that makes, again, basketball so much easier. And her last year was one of my best years, you know, in the league. And I felt like I was finally, you know, finding my rhythm in a, in a situation and being happy and could just play my game. And then all of a sudden she's gone. So of course I'm heartbroken. Cause I'm like, damn, like I felt like I finally was in a position. I only can imagine how she felt um, because I'm sure it wasn't something that she expected as well. But you know, I still to this day, I, I talked to Pokey. She always reached out to me, you know, she's in Seattle now. Um, you know, when I go, when we go play Seattle, we still, you know, hug each other, talk to each other. So I, I had amazing amazing um experience with pokey and she definitely helped grow my game um and just how i approach basketball i think she played a, a big part in that as well okay all right so buckle up because right. uh we, we got some some fun stuff uh coming from dolores and he's gonna ask you the hard-hitting questions that everyone wants to know uh -oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right tim so the only rules are um, it's it's kind of rapid fire. So the game is called sign, trade, and wave. And since you were just traded, you know how this game goes. You can either <laughs> sign the pick that you want, trade the pick that you like, they're good, but me, or wave them because you don't really like it like that. Okay. <clears throat> so this first round is you gonna you're gonna pick the best Final Four team that did not win a championship at the University of South Carolina. Your first pick is 2015. Your second pick is 2021. 
and your third pick was the last year's Final Four, which is 2023. So you get a, you got to sign a team, you got to trade a team, oh. and raise a team. Oh, <laughs> ah. oh, that's hard. Now you put me. I'm on one of them teams. You sure were. <laughs> Damn. Um, <laughs> I think I'm a the last year's team. No, no, twenty one. What is that? That's high. Mm-hmm. Twenty twenty one was tie. Um. Yeah, I think they should have won. <laughs> okay, so that's yeah, your, so that's your sign. We're gonna we sign them. We're gonna sign them. We're gonna trade last year's, and I guess we're gonna wave us. Ah. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. All right. Next one. Okay. We always hear your, um, the Carolina players talk about coaches and the scouts. So mm-hmm. who are you going to sign trade away? Did Coach McCray have the best scouts? Mm-hmm. Did Fred have the best scouts? Or did Lisa have the best scouts? Well, you know, I had Darius, so I ain't have Fred. Okay, Darius. T- so we going <laughs> to That's funny. Wait. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see. So we're going to sign Boyer, we're going to trade McCray, and we're going to have to just wave Darius. <laughs> oh, we about to... <laughs> Love you, Darius. <laughs> okay, this next one, this is this is on you now. This is your um, WNBA coaches. I know you done had a few, but I'm going to give you two. <laughs> right. um, so your new one, or your first and your last one, Stephanie White, Shell Reeve. Here you go. And Stanley. <laughs> Or Pokey Chat. Let's get messy today. No way. No way. Wait, start over, start over. We got Steph, we got Marianne, you got Marianne, and Pokey. Man, come on now. Y'all already, y'all want to play. Y'all really want the teasy. That's crazy. Dude, we know. Let me not. Let's let's go ahead and sign Steph since you know we're gonna go ahead and have a good start in Connecticut together and you know started my career off with her. We signed Steph. Okay. I'm a um <laughs> who was the <laughs> Yo, you know Cheryl Marianne and Pokey. <laughs> Cheryl Marianne and Pokey. I only got three three choices well, though. Wave two. You got a wave two. <laughs> oh, wave two? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We gonna wave Marianne and Cheryl. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this, this next one's a little like... easy. <laughs> nah, y'all play too much. <laughs> <laughs> this next one's easier, or maybe it's not. WNBA GOAT edition, but you can add a player if you don't like these choices. You got catch. Swoops or Maya sign trade away. Oh, that is not easy. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> oh my god. Um, he said, Catch swoops and who Maya? Maya. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, um, I'm a sign. Sure, swoops for sure. We're gonna sign. Um, be a be like Cheryl. Be like Cheryl. Be a Cheryl. Be a Cheryl. Cheryl swoops. Oh Um, wait! (laughs) Emphasis on the swoop. (laughs) We gonna um trade Maya. We gonna have to wave catch. 
I love catch, but that was hard. That uh, I couldn't choose. By default, we're going to wave catch. Okay. Yeah, all right. Now, because you were a member of the Theta Gamma chapter, of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. Hey, Soror! We gotta, hey. we gotta do one big one for TG. So, you're gonna sign Trader Wave a strong song, okay? Mm-hmm. Set it off. Hands. Popular. Or. You kind of. Wait, you kind of go in and out. Yeah. Okay. Um. Let me. Can you hear me? Yeah. I heard. Yeah. Okay. Set it off. Mm-hmm. No hands. Yeah, he he he. You going in and out? going in and out. Yeah. So the first oh, one yeah. is set it off. No uh-huh. hands. Popular and fuck is it? Fuck it up. Doors. Oh, f you probably. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Um, we gonna wait. Set it off. <gasps> oh, actually, no. <laughs> That was my favorite. <laughs> I, I mean, our like line song was like popular, so I feel like I have true, to true, true, true. stay true to that because that was you know what we came out to. Um, so I don't know. No hands. I like that stroll too. Mm. <sighs> like set it. Like what set it off? The the universal set it off. Set That's it off the universal on the left. one. Man, the old yeah, ones okay, okay. are See, they about to turn like, their nose up. <laughs> I thought you meant like boosie. No, 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 no. The original. Um, see that one's like more I like more upbeat, you know, kinda throw your neck, throw some, you know, other stuff. So set it off. Yeah, we still gonna wait, set it off. <laughs> and then I'm gonna sign popular and trade no hands. Okay. Okay, bet. Yeah, I like that. I like that. All <laughs> right. Now, this is probably the easiest one. Workout edition. Leg day, back day, chest day. Definitely legs. Okay. <laughs> so, we yeah. sign legs. Um, We going to just, I like, let's see. Trade, back, wave, chest. Bet. All right. <laughs> Rounding it out, um, before we jump over to playback to watch a little bit of the Carolina-Tennessee game, give me your all-time, any player you want, women's basketball starting five. Like, if you were the coach of a team, these five players are on your roster. Current players? like It could be anybody. Oh, College, man. pros, retired. That makes it so hard. I don't freaking know. Um, let's see. <laughs> I feel like you definitely gotta have Asia in there at the four. Um <clears throat> let's see. Don at the one. Um let's see. Put at the three, put Simone at the two. And who my five? Mm, let's go with BG. Okay. Solid little five. That's real <laughs> filthy. All right, Tiff. Um, I think I think we got a song for you before we head to playback. Be you ready? Uh oh. Hey. <laughs> Are you swinging your hair? Hey. <laughs> now the real question is, do she remember? That's the real question. Look, I only stroll for weddings and. If I'm lit. 
<laughs> okay, so it sounds like we're gonna all be lit in uh Cleveland for the final four. Then so we can get there you go. Amen. We're gonna have a Tiff and Yana um strolls. Shout out to the committee, yes, for sure. For oh, sure. I don't stroll. <laughs> I retired that. I hold the mirror. Yeah, we hold, I the, hold mirror. the mirror. I don't stroll no more, I hold the mirrors. Exactly. I hold the mirror. Mm-mm. But before we I got you. before we sign out, Greg, do you have anything to say um about Tiffany? I need Tiffany to tell somebody I'm not six seven. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think you're so big? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> uh, no, I was just like I'm. I'm happy to work with her. Uh, like I said, we got some things coming this year, and uh, just really eager to see this her growth off the court, um, and hopefully, some of the things that we uh, that we do can be an example for others coming up. Um, I know the committee, y'all have done a really, really good job of trying to bring light just the, you know, if you, you know, if you know, you know, and a lot of W players, they, they just don't know what's out there because a lot of people are not telling them. Right. Um, and that could be, um, your actual team you play for. That could be agents. That could be media. That could be your, your college or whatever it is. Right. Um, and you know, Tiff's in a in a unique situation where she's in Connecticut, and we know what that team looked like looked like last year. So adding her, um, you know, just excited to see how things um, go this year. Well, appreciate that. Well, thank you all for signing in with us today. Um, thank you, Tiffany, for the amazing time chatting with you. And everybody, we, we're going to be on playback. And before we sign out, we got one more song. Hey, it's up. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all have Let a good one. Set it off. Set it off. All, right, All the AKs in the house, this is for you. <laughs> y'all have fun. Be safe. Please. Follow Thank us you. to playback, y'all. Play See y'all soon. Bye-bye.